Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, is that show still going? Bob's Burgers? Still? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. There's a movie coming out. What? Yeah, they're doing a movie. Oh, wow. You know, that goes well for every other animated show. Right. Uh, Simpsons movie. I like the Simpsons I was going to say, Simpsons movie is pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's better than. It's better than the rest of the seasons of the show after that. I, I haven't seen it since maybe like 2000 or like 2002 I, or three. So I've probably I, only I seen like a handful of like episodes of The Simpsons, but I remember what? watching that movie like nonstop. I don't know why. I just We watched that movie. We were like, this is great. We watched it a ton. I think I've watched like the first 10 seasons or so. Yeah. And then I just I, I stopped watching stuff on Sunday nights and then I just fell off. Mm. There's a lot. There's a couple uh, seasons of that show. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> yeah. A couple dozen. <laughs> Boys, we're, Boys. Uh, we're back with another episode of Never Seen Any of This. My name is Andy. I'm Sammy. And I'm Raymond. And we're, we, we're down TJ today because uh, here in, in good old Spokane, we had a, a natural disaster this week. And we had another windstorm oh and poor gosh. TJ didn't have... Poor TJ didn't have any power, so he couldn't watch the movie we were going to watch this week and then couldn't Zoom. So we said, you know what? We got this one. You take it off. <laughs> we'll cover it. We really take... should practice doing the intro where there's just like a silence wherever the person's supposed to talk. <laughs> just <laughs> sit there. Just sit in it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that would work good. So, you know, a break from Fanuary, but not because we didn't want to. We'll just have to postpone it a week or so. Yeah, and it'll be like, what, uh... Fan Ruary? Fan I mean, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Nobody cares but us. Yeah. You're right. You're it doesn't super right. matter. No. We had TJ has has not had power, so we had to stop <laughs> and yep. do something else. Yeah. So we're gonna do a roundup. Yeah. Well we're gonna talk a little bit about all the stuff we watched like the last two plus months. Yeah, I was gonna uh, we yeah. Raymond looked up before we started that last one was in November, so I mean, in classic fashion for me, I have, like, watched nothing, so I had to, like, really think about what to even talk about, but other than that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we we got enough. Usually our roundups go way too long anyway, so right. maybe this will be a, a regularly uh, length roundup, so. There well, there's a couple I things think... that we can all talk about. Oh. Yeah, that was the thing. When I was talking to Andy last night, he was like, well, what about this? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, what about that? And I was like, oh, I did watch that, so yeah, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be nice. <laughs> You know why I thought we did a roundup in December? because we used the wheel for our uh, our gift giving. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yes. I know I've just seen this fucking Google wheel <laughs> not too long ago. But now it's like all weird colors and has the globe on it. Cause I they just updated was looking it through for 2021? The... No, I just, you, you can customize it however you want. And I just pick some random stuff. Because oh. <laughs> it just has a bunch of random things on it. Beautiful. And everyone can see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing else has been happening in the state of the world. It's been a totally no. normal one this week, so yeah. I, I think we should just get on to the <laughs> get on to the roundup. Let's just start talking about movies. All right, and other things. I don't want to talk and other things. That's right. <laughs> I'm only talking about one movie. I think. Well, ooh, what are we at? Starting oh, off with one thing Raymond almost forgot to talk about. Yeah, starting out strong with Raby Baby. Get your t- tissues out. Well, I hate that. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing noise-canceling headphones, so I keep forgetting that, like, I sound like I'm in my own, like, cone of silence, so I have to keep, like, taking one ear off be like, oh, yeah, that's what the world sounds like. <laughs> so, yeah. Raymond, uh, 
What's up? You gotta con- you gotta convince me to watch these last two seasons because all I've ever heard from anyone who who's seen them is that it's a bad time. Andy, every season of BoJack Horseman's a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm scared to watch the last two. Yes. So I watched. I finished BoJack Horseman, which. I watched the first season, the year it came out, whatever year that was, uh, five, six years ago, Mm -hmm. something like that, and I fell in love with it. I think it's, it was an excellent first season, they, you know, they, they took a couple episodes to really get going, but it really, like, sets up, after, like, I think three or four episodes, it really sets up the tone for the show going forward. And then it just, like, Mm -hmm. hits you like a ton of bricks by the time you get to the, the end of the season. And then the next season is just the same way, and the next season after that is even worse. So after season four, which I was following along once a year when they came out, when the I finished season four, which is absolutely uh, heart-wrenching, uh, I was like, I'm going to take a while before I watch the next season, whenever that comes out. And then mm. they announced it, and it dropped. And I was like, I'm not ready yet. And then... Like, a year passed, and they announced the final season was going to be split in half. And I was like, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> and then they, the first half of the, the sixth season came out. I was like, eh, I can't start that yet. And then it finally finished earlier in 2020. The, the second half, I think, started the beginning of, of the year in 2020. And I was like, well, the show's over now, so I should probably, like, catch up. So I had two years' worth of episodes to watch. And watching that in the span of three days was rough. Ugh, couldn't imagine. But I think it end like I think season five of BoJack Horseman continues right on the same path of season four. I think it's excellent writing. It does a lot of stuff that I think. Yeah, I, I tweeted about it a little bit, and it's like if this if the premise of BoJack Horseman, like the stuff that happened in BoJack Horseman, was in like a forty minute live action show it would be like a prestige drama like Mad Men or Breaking Bad or something but the fact that it's like animated and also like a, a quirky punny filled comedy with like animals and stupid jokes it mm-hmm. like does not it like people like it but it's not as like I think revered as it probably should be for the the subject matter and content that's telling and the way it's representing that, that stuff see and I think that's the and I would say I would never watch it, but I watched like I would say I watched like the first like four episodes mm-hmm. of the first season, and then heard from you that it got real sad, and I was like, I don't know if I want that out of an animated show. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want right. to be sad, <laughs> so I never really watched more of it. But it's but. like, have you seen F F is for Family? Uh-uh, Bill Burr's show. Uh, I think it's pretty good. It does something very similar, where it's like kind of based on his life, and it's kind of goofy right until. The, like the back half of the first season and it starts getting like incredibly real and mm. like mm-hmm. and like sad and the rest of the seasons do the same thing yeah. and so I think BoJack Horseman I feel like it is it's unique in this way that like it's really it's really working its way through what it means to be an animated show and not be for kids because it's very mm. much adult subject matter and they right. get to do jokes and stuff in an animated format that like you can't do in live action but they're still getting to do stuff that like like stupid jokes or like themed episodes that take place in specific years like there's this there's an episode in season four 
that takes place in, I think, 2006 or seven or something like that. And they nail all the references. It's perfect. And it's because they have to they animate it instead of having to recreate that in live action. So they mm-hmm. get to do a lot of like animal related puns and like goofy jokes and like animal humor and stuff like that. But also incredibly real talks about depression and suicide and drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think uh, season five continued on that route. I think really well. It explored a lot of stuff that. Hard to hard to take in, but there's not a lot of like live action shows dealing with that stuff either. Right. And then mm-hmm. season six is a real humdinger. <laughs> it it deals. Is it with, still like, the same amount of episodes, even though they split it? It's in a half? little bit longer, actually. It seems oh, okay. like they kind of, they split the season in half, but it feels like they did. I think it's like two eight episode splits instead of okay. like a twelve episode season. It's sixteen episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ends on like. I think it ends on like a really poignant and meaningful note that isn't a it isn't necessarily a downer and it's not it's not like a closed book but it's like it's a good conclusion for the story they were telling and it tells it and it's like a logical ending for the show mm-hmm. and it does a lot of like really cool visual stuff that like would cost a ton of money like what was that show Legion I think it's got like crazy visual mm. stuff like that, but you could do it in animated with no extra cost. So right. it's, it does like a lot, of, especially season five and six deal with like increasing addiction to pills and like hallucinations and stuff. So they get to do like a lot of time skip forward and backward and hallucinations without like skipping a beat. And it represents it really well in an animated format. But also, yeah, it's incredibly heavy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was it was rough too because I I got to the the second to last episode, which ends on like a kind of like a, a three quarters cliffhanger where you think a character is like for sure dead, but maybe a little <laughs> bit, maybe not dead. And then I finished watching it. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and my girlfriend who went to bed early, like hours later, comes in with like a burst of energy and is just like joking around with me and like trying to have fun, and I'm like. I'm going through something real serious right now. <laughs> and when she Can't finally handle this. And, and sure enough, I start like the, the final episode and like they, they like reveal the secret in like the first minute and it's, it's, it's done well, I think, but it's very fun. Like it had me so tense and then yeah. it's, it's so well done. I think it deserves a lot. If you can get through, if like, if you know what you're getting into, that it's hard to confront the kind of stuff that it's like it wants to deal with then i think it's really worthwhile to watch but it is not for Mm -hmm. necessarily people looking to have a good time right (laughs) i I took years away from watching it because i did not want to subject myself to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for some reason a year into pandemic i was like let's just let's just (laughs) rip the the band-aid off you're already in that mindset anyway like why not (laughs) i get it sometimes you want to uh, hurt yourself today just to see if you can feel. <laughs> I absolutely feel that. There was there was a day a couple weeks ago I was like, I want to watch something that's just going to make me cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are also, like, and, there's a ton of jokes in it. And, like, there's a lot of Hollywood-based humor that I think is really funny. Like, there's a whole, and, like, the guest voices are really, are really good, too. There's, like, mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt, mm-hmm. like, usually does one or two characters. But in, like, the final couple seasons, he does, like five or six characters 
In the most recent season that I watched, I believe Daniel Radcliffe plays Daniel Radcliffe, and it's, uh-huh. like, a really funny cameo for, like, a couple episodes. Right. Jessica Biel plays herself as, like, uh-huh. Mr. Peanut Mr. Peanut Butter, the dog played by Paul F. Dumpkins. It's, like, one of his ex-wives. Yeah. <laughs> so she shows up, and they show her in, like, flashbacks where they, they remind you of what time period it is every time that she's there. So, like, it's Hollywood-based humor based on what her career is. So, like, they, she shows up, and it's, like... Yeah, I really wanted to do, like, the Blade movie, but, like, I did this, like, right, that would be important for 2006, Jessica Biel. <laughs> it's, like, stuff like that. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things that that show does is whenever it does a flashback to, like, 2003 and they're, like, driving in a car, the music mm-hmm. will be, like, this is a song from 2003. Like, it, uh-huh. <laughs> in every single flashback, it'll be something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Good show. It was, I think it's an excellent watch. But it is not, like, I think the comedy balances a lot of the real shit that happens. But if you're not prepared for, like, real world topics to happen in the show with, like, a talking horse and a talking dog (laughs) playing, like, Bob Saget level characters from Full House, then it's like, you're in for a bad time and it does not get better in any way. I think, I think that we're seeing, like, almost all adult animated shows are going that right. route these days because like stuff like big mouth which is yeah. a very largely a lot like poop and dick jokes mm-hmm. still has some episodes that have like some real deep meanings and like mm-hmm. some some like really poignant themes and stuff well even i was with. thinking like adventure time like started off just a quirky show but then mm-hmm. by the end they'd like were dealing with heavier topics so it's cool that bojack right. horseman just like immediately was doing those heavy topics instead of waiting later mm-hmm. to do it Right, and, like, the final season of BoJack Horseman deals a lot with, like, shit that happened in other seasons to him and other people finding out about it. And it's, like, he Mm. has to come to terms with the fact that he's, like, for the entire runtime of the show and previous, he's been, like, a really shitty person. And he has to, like, come (laughs) to terms with uh, what that means for a person, even if, like, you've changed what that means. (laughs) Do you remember, I think it was a Netflix show that Will Arnett did that was basically the same premise as BoJack Horseman, except he was just him playing... A live... It was live action, right? A live action one. It was, like, a live action show that he did and it only lasted like one season what was it called oh man it's like i totally know what you're talking about but i was i had the same thought when it happened i was like what was it i no i only vaguely remember yeah okay yeah because i remember that too being like isn't this just bojack horseman (laughs) and everybody just agreed bojack is the better version of it right hold on i will look it up (laughs) all right great (laughs) (laughs) then we'll know oh no (laughs) <laughs> you guys why are you talk while i'm looking <laughs> you wanna... i would spin the wheel but it might land on something that's yours <laughs> just, you can spin the wheel it. yeah okay. you can spin the wheel all right it was called flaked that's it i knew it was some oh. kind of like and it is something that's yours <laughs> oh hell yeah <laughs> i can't believe you already finished this you finished huh yeah I did. I started watching The Sopranos when I was in, uh, it was like March mm-hmm. of this year, like right when quarantine began. So when I was in school, uh, I had read and seen the pilot of The Sopranos multiple times. And I think I talked about it on one of our earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> nice change your to James Gandolfini. Great. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> H- had to change it. Uh, and so I had seen the pilot before multiple, like 
three times, but I had never watched the rest of the show. And, uh, yeah, I cooked through it pretty good. And I did take uh-huh. breaks in between seasons because, uh, it, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah. If you guys yeah. didn't know that. The Sopranos is a pretty heavy show. Mm-hmm. It's also incredibly funny, and I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as I thought. But, mm-hmm. like, it was, it was interesting as I was watching, because there's six seasons really there's seven because the last season was split a year apart Mm -hmm. there's six a and six b so there's really like six seasons and it it really was the show that put hbo on the map they had oz i think before the sopranos but nobody like the first couple seasons of oz weren't really that huge right and then after the sopranos if you go back and watch the first trailer that they put out for the sopranos it's like a it's like they were like, we cannot market this as a gangster show. It's got to be a sitcom about him being, like, a mobster that's nagged by his family. <laughs> and that is, like, the very base level of what this show is. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a really good show to watch in quarantine because you can, I could watch it all at one time. And even though it was a show that wasn't, it wasn't designed to be binged, it was really designed to go a week at a time. Mm-hmm. It was really easy to see, like, how focused and really perfect the writing was in this show. It From, right. like, a season to season block, it was like, wow, this is like a perfect season of television. It takes mm-hmm. all these themes, it escalates perfectly into uh, things that often go bad for characters that you like. And it's one of the first shows that really had a anti-hero at the forefront because mm-hmm. right. tony is a bad tony is a bad person mm-hmm. tony soprano is a very bad person but it you really can't help but enjoy it because he's very relatable at the same time he has anxiety mm-hmm. he goes to therapy he has all these problems that you that shows like this before didn't show mobsters dealing with mm-hmm. really and uh it it was incredible and i found myself loving each season that i watched more and more and more the dream sequences in particular in this show are some of the coolest dream sequences i've ever seen because they're the most realistic (laughs) to actual dreams that i've ever seen and a lot of the times you'll go into a scene like there's an episode that's in it just a dream Mm -hmm. and you don't realize till you're like halfway through the second scene when people start like talking out of sequence oh fuck and then like things start changing in the background Uh and then it'll cut and tony will be riding a horse because he has a season, <laughs> he has a he has a season where he he buys a racehorse, mm-hmm. and it's very important to Tony, and it ends up dying, oh. and that fucking horse haunts him throughout the entire show. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, um, it is one of the like prettiest shows I've ever seen. The cinematography mm-hmm. is incredible through the entire thing. That's not how you pronounce that. The cinnamon. Oh, the cinnamon. Yeah. The cinnamon topography was yeah. Mwah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, there's a episode <laughs> where Ben Kingsley plays himself because one oh. of the characters, Love one of the that. characters, decides that he wants to write a screenplay about being a mobster, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's never written anything, and he's not a very good writer, <laughs> so he has to basically like mob his way into Hollywood, <laughs> and he decides he's going to make a saw ripoff about 
mobsters, but involving mobsters. <laughs> and they try to get Ben Kingsley to pay, to play it. And there's just a whole episode between this character and Ben Kingsley. And Ben Kingsley being an ass and trying to get rid of him in a very Hollywood way. Mm-hmm. And then realizing, like, oh, this guy is very dangerous. <laughs> but, like, kind of stuff like that. There's a lot of really meta, interesting things going on in this show. Um, the best uh, season, I think, is season five that has uh, Steve Buscemi comes mm-hmm. on as a main character. He had directed a couple episodes in, like, seasons two and three. Huh. And Director in season Steve five, Buscemi. he joins <laughs> the cast as a main character. He plays Tony's cousin, mm-hmm. Tony. So there are two main characters in the season named Tony. <laughs> and Steve Buscemi Tony basically went to... He went to jail in the 80s. And uh, Gandolfini Tony ended up not showing up to the job they were supposed to do where he got arrested. Mm. And so it's him kind of dealing with all that guilt. And now that Steve Buscemi, Tony is out, he wants to, he's like, he's my cousin. Mm. He's my family. I got to take care of him. But do I want him in the family? Is he going to have a grudge? Is he going to come after me? Is he going to try to take over my spot? And it's, they deal with that in a really cool and interesting way. Mm. And uh, yeah, that season is really cool. Steve Buscemi, I think he won an Emmy for that season. Oh, cool. Because he's, yeah, very incredible. Um, and then I remember when the last episode happened. I was going to ask you what you thought, because that's yeah. like the thing. I don't know what happens at the end, but I just know how divisive, like, the last episode is. So I had heard, and I knew how the episode ended. That it was, that essentially, I might be mildly spoilery here, spoilery here mm. but essentially it's in the middle of a, a scene where they're just having dinner in a diner, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're listening to Journey. Tony shows up and he puts on a jukebox and it starts playing Don't Stop Believing," which is like a lot of people think that this was the, the thing that brought back Don't Stop Believing," Oh, wow. <laughs> because it was such a huge song around 2007 when this episode right. came out. It was that and then Glee mm-hmm. a couple years later. And there was another... There was something else that you just don't stop. Uh, you, but... per- you performing it at middle school. I think that helped. Oh, too. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that did That's it. what did it. <laughs> um, but essentially, it's a very stressful last couple episodes because everything kind of comes to a head. And right. basically, most main characters are alive until the last couple episodes. And then everybody just starts going. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And it's like, oh, yeah, we're getting to the end here. And then it it's all kind of building and building and building. And then everything is okay. And Tony goes to a diner with his family. And a, without giving away too much, the, the scene ends halfway through what the normal pacing of that sort of scene would be. Mm-hmm. It just stops. And I, get, I looked it up. On uh, HBO, they made it a little bit shorter. But when it went to... When it originally broadcasts, it it stops, hard cut, goes to black, and was black for 45 seconds. Mm. <laughs> wow. No credits, no music. And every episode of The Sopranos ends with like a different song that's handpicked by um, David Chase, the, dir- the creator of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just hard cut to black. People thought that their cable went out at like the last <laughs> two minutes of The Sopranos finale. And it was like, no... And if you, and I thought that it was a really brilliant way to end the show. 
because mm-hmm. if you look at ev- all the clues and hints that are leading up in the final season of the show, there are several very poignant discussions with characters talking about death and what happens when you die. Mm-hmm. And about like four or five times in that last season of the show, they say, I don't think anything happens. I think it's just a cut to black. I think you don't see mm-hmm. anything. And I think that's it. And so when a lot of, when that happened, I noticed that because I watched the whole last season in probably two days. Right. <laughs> right. And so I caught that. I was onto it. But I can see how people watching it, especially when it was split between, with a year break in between at the mm-hmm. halfway point of that last season. Right. And people would be like, wait, what? <laughs> that it just cuts. And it's a very, like, experimental and strange thing for a television show to do at that time. No mm-hmm. TV shows were were operating like that so Mm -hmm. it uh it's definitely a memorable finale and uh as soon as i was done i wanted i was like oh man i kind of want to watch the whole show again now (laughs) (laughs) just because i enjoy just because i enjoy being in that (laughs) in the world of the sopranos (laughs) like they're bad people but they're so fun to listen to (laughs) yeah and it's a really really funny show Uh, there was some discourse happening on twitter the other day about the sopranos because um the they just recently announced a sex in the city uh reboot Uh, yes and there was somebody online that was trying to like shame people who like the sopranos but don't like sex in the city and tried to argue that they're essentially the same show (laughs) but because sex in the city is about women and sex that's why people don't like it and that the Sopranos is just a show about men and sex. And that's not what that show is about. There's a lot, there's a lot of men having sex in that show. There's a lot of that. But when I think that the entire show in a nutshell, the entire theme of overarching thing of the show is that masculinity is a bad thing and fucks. Everybody Uh (laughs) is a bad thing for everyone. It is about toxic masculinity. That's what the show is about. You just have to like pay attention and think about the subtext. Right. So, um, they had announced a couple years ago that they're doing a a movie. Right, a prequel movie. That's a, a prequel movie to The Sopranos. Huh. And it is going to be one of them that drops on HBO Max along oh. with theaters this year. But they, also, they just announced that it's being pushed back till September. Mm-hmm. Which sucks, because I was really excited. Because I, I was like, I just finished it. And is it coming out now? <laughs> and I thought it was going to come out in like two months. And I was really excited. And it's like, no, it got pushed back to September. But maybe that means I might be able to go see it in a movie theater. And that'd be nice. Because I would really like to to go. see it in a movie yeah, theater. Because it was a very, very cinematic show. Give you a chance to just watch the whole show again before the movie. Yeah. You could totally <laughs> do that. But like John Barenthal's going to be in it. Oh, and fine. Ray Liotta's going to be in it. And... Um, James Gandolfini's son is actually playing a young Tony Soprano. Right. Oh, I remember cool. reading that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And I, do, I don't think that he's going to be the main character. I don't think it's going to be about Tony. I think he'll have a large part to do with it, but mm-hmm. I think it's really, it's a prequel that's going to be about the older generation mm-hmm. that is in the show. Cause his, his uncle is a main character in the show. And so yeah. I think it's going to be about like that older generation of gangsters and how they operated. Cause that's like, what fucked Tony up psychologically a lot. Is, it's crazy is they're how... doing like a movie now compared to like, yeah. I mean, I know they were working on it for years, but like Sopranos mm-hmm. end like what, almost like 10 years ago now. But then they like just put it on mm-hmm. HBO max. So that kind of like 
gave it a little bit of a It's been on Amazon for a long time. Has it? Yeah. Yeah. Part of their HBO deal before HBO revised it. Hmm. And it's been getting uh, uh, a boost, they were saying, in streaming because uh, Michael Imperioli, who's one of the cast members Mm. and another one of the characters, are doing a a rewatch commentary podcast oh, that's pretty popular oh, okay. and they've had like a lot of the cast on and david chase and i listened to their episode that they did with um <laughs> steve buscemi and it was really really funny <laughs> nice so yeah uh i love the sopranos it's one of the probably one of the best television shows i've ever watched F- strictly from a a writing perspective it's one of the like most beautiful written shows i've ever seen so now you gotta watch the wire the hit that, show The Wire? Yeah. That's what ne- is next on my list. I haven't started Fuck a new show yes. yet, but I think... I've been telling you guys <laughs> for years. Raymond. TJ it's and I up, have watched The Wire. You two have not watched The Wire. No, I will I watch it. Need to it's do my it. next one. It'll give me a reason Andy, to rewatch it. Andy, we should watch it together. I haven't watched The okay. Wire in like a let's, decade, so that'll let's be Let's fucking do it. Let's, let's all just... Let's do a separate podcast than this one and just do the it wire episode club. by episode of The Wire. <laughs> Talking the hit show The Wire. The Wire. All right, it's my turn. Um, well, that worked out. Uh, none of the things that I picked, <laughs> I only had two things, but I haven't completely finished this. I am reading Dune. Um, I am 80% of the way through the book. Uh, um, the, I was not planning to read it, but I had the audiobook on hold from the library, and it was like a 12-week hold to get the book. <laughs> and then I just saw it like, um, last week that um, it was available, and I was like, all right, I'm going for it because uh-huh. I got the first three books for Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, wow. we're doing this. Um, and I started the, the shout out to the audiobook. I started the audiobook and it listed, it took like a minute to list the cast mm. that wow. did the audiobook. Andy, <laughs> he's, he's, got a, he's got a sandworm, <laughs> um, which was cool. But it also like a, a kind of a negative thing for the audiobook is something that I've never seen before where it's like every other chapter has the cast. So one chapter will just be a narrator doing the voices. Oh, weird. And then the next chapter will be the whole cast. And it's like, it's very jarring to be like, wait, who? what character is he doing? Because you're not used to that voice. You're used to the actual character. <laughs> so that it's yeah. kind of it's kind of jarring to listen to. But I, I have it, so of course, in classic fashion for me, I have the audiobook, the actual book, and then I have it on my phone as well. So I just am reading it at, at any moment that I can. So, but I, it is insane how good it is that i don't know i can't i couldn't imagine being someone who could just come up with like an entire world like mm-hmm. um some people are able to do like george lucas with star wars and then with um frank uh frank herbert i think uh, with yeah. dune it's he <laughs> the, the hard part is and andy can speak to this too because andy uh, has started reading dune the first two chapters he just throws every single term he came up with at you all at once and it is like really jarring because he's just like saying all these terms and all these things that it's like the you, first you game all... of thrones book right yeah and it's like you're not gonna you're obviously don't understand it yet and you will as you keep reading but it's hard to just get through those first first two chapters mm-hmm. to even just yeah. like because you're like what are they even talking about but once you get through those first two chapters that all those terms start coming up again and you're like really into it and it's it's super cool and it's like just really well written and I'm very interested and invested in all the characters, and it's also fun to think about the characters as the uh, actors playing them in the the movie that we'll eventually see. So it's like, oh yeah, that's Oscar Isaac. Hell yeah, <laughs> like <Nice>. that's that's <laughs> that's yeah. good too. <laughs> like hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but I am worried a little bit that the movie 
will not be able to do the book justice because of how how dense it is with how much stuff it has in it. Well, they avoid Denis Villeneuve. They're setting it up to <laughs> be like a franchise. Faith. They want yeah. it to be well, like a multi-film deal, right? And that's also what I'm worried about. That because it, it, there's a good chance it may not be like might not do might well in the theaters there. that it won't get that. But I just there's and the other thing is like this being an older book, like it has some things that like are movie tropes at this time. Like the the character is like the destined to save everyone, and it's like going through that like very classic like hero's journey uh-huh. thing of like that you've seen a million times but it's since it's this older book and the way that it's done in this like world it's like really cool but like thinking of seeing it as a movie it's going to be like oh i've seen all this before right so i'm just i'm I, reading the book i'm like this is an epic book but i'm worried about the movie <laughs> i guess is my my overall thoughts on dune with yeah because when is the book when's the movie even going to come out now they might be changing that who knows uh they said september i believe they pushed it back to but it will more than likely get pushed back again i wouldn't be surprised if it got pushed back till next december well they're really? like legendary because that's what re- it was it's like renegotiating with all, the, all their releases because they want to right. they want to keep them more close to with like sooner rather than later so they just negotiated for godzilla to come out in march instead of november of next year Mm-hmm. or of this year i guess but yeah who knows right now it's slated for like yeah quite late in the year but who knows right now yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, andy was because that was why you started reading it was like oh the movie's coming out soon and then it's just been pushed back and back and then like we may never see that movie but like, i'll get a, i'll get around to it soon <laughs> i i i don't know because i would like to watch the old movie you guys were talking about mm-hmm. how um it I, i've heard that it doesn't do the book justice and they kind of go on their own path with that movie i don't know if you because neither it's of like you a, actually have it's seen like a it, cult right? classic but i've only seen the first 15 minutes and we talked it's, over it uh-huh. it's a very strange thing because uh some some studio executive saw a racer head and the elephant man and went yeah david lynch could do do <laughs> <laughs> and then expected him to do everything that the studio wanted him to do and right. that's not that's not how David Lynch operates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when I was looking up different versions of Dune, there was also like a TV, uh, like sure. a mini series that they did like the yeah. first, the, fir- the bo- first like two books or something like that. And I was like, maybe cause that had a tech, it had a better score on IMDb than the, uh-huh. the old movie did. So I was like, maybe that's worth watching. So I don't know. But I mean, I obviously have some time now before the new movie comes out. Maybe I'll watch some uh, versions of it, but it is a very, very excellent book. Um, even if you're not listening to the audiobook, it's just, it's very, it's just, uh, an ex- it's awesome. And I, I know there's like nine books, six books. I don't know how many books there are, but I have the first three. I'll have to see if, I don't, I haven't heard, uh, did TJ, I, I mean, it would be a question for TJ, but if he's read more than just the first one or if he's read them all. Cause I, I know Dune is known to be like really, really good, his, but I don't know if the rest I think of it is. Frank Herbert's son took over after he died and something <laughs> like that. So there, it's like a token situation where I think there's more books that happened after Frank Herbert died, but I don't know. Mm, okay. their, I don't know their quality. Yeah. I don't know the quality right. of the series either. I know at least three or four of them are like well revered, but I right. don't know the entire franchise length. I don't know if they're all that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It's not an Ender's Game situation that has, like, eight books, but only the first one is good. Whoa, right. there are, like, three Whoa. good Ender's Game books. Oh, are there? <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. there you go. The Spur- first, like, three. Like, interspersed really throughout. <laughs> no, they're the first three. After that, it's... Okay. I, I read... I started reading four, and I was like, this is trash. I put it down. <laughs> okay, all right. But, man, that world building is insane. It's just like, oh, man, how they're able to just establish, and, like... Every time a worm shows up, my heart rate goes up a couple a couple notches. Every time there's a sandworm, it's like, oh, this is this is the shit. <laughs> that worm's coming. So I'm that excited if we worm. ever see yeah. that damn worm. If we ever see that movie, I'm excited. Get some uh, good old Timothy Chalamet, which is also another. I love that like the names of the characters characters are like Halleck and Let Letty, and then the main character's name is Paul. <laughs> It's like uh-huh. all these like crazy names, and then his name's Paul, and it's like, all right, yep, that checks Hi, out. Hi, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. That's how that's how Timothy Chalamet is gonna play. He's the gonna character have a Liverpool too. accent. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, Raymond. The funny thing about the Ender's Game, about that movie, is that you might have gone into it thinking that it was a fucking game. Oh, you motherfucker! <laughs> but actually, actually, it ain't no fucking game. Oh, God. That made me so mad when that fucking trailer came out and they started with that. I was like, that's, I get that like Ender's Game is old, but that's literally the twist of that book. And then like, in the, the trailer, yeah. they're like, this is real. And it's like, that's, that's the thing. That's the whole thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, if you ever wanted to watch Harrison Ford take a nap, just watch that movie. <laughs> I when I was student teaching, um, I right as I started my last like full year of student teaching, they were finishing up Ender's Game, and of course just so that um, they could watch the movie. Basically, it was one of those classes like read the book to watch the movie, like uh. our senior year of English. But <laughs> I was like, the kids all knew already, yeah, like because they had seen that movie and they knew like, oh, yeah, it r- ruins it immediately. <laughs> right. It doesn't mm-hmm. make it fun to read. I didn't even watch. I, wa- I did not watch the movie out of spite for seeing that in the trailer. <laughs> that I was trailer. so mad at it. How dare you? No, I didn't end up watching all of it either. I only saw parts of it. I was like, okay, sure, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, you've spun the wheel. I have here. spun the wheel, and it landed on another what thing of a- mine. Um, oh shit! Uh, uh, oh literally, shit! Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Um, oh, another shit. thing that it's I freak. have not finished but had to talk about. I am. Uh, five seasons through uh, Shit's Creek. I only have. Oh my God, Andy! <laughs> I only have um, one uh, one season left to watch, and we haven't gotten around to watch it because Kenzie and I are um, awful at um, actually getting around to watch the last uh, episode or season of things. Oh. Like we just like we don't want it to actually end. We don't want it to. Um, That's exactly where I'm at. I have not watched the last season. No. Yeah. So. I'm behind. I just I wanted to bring it up because um, I am known as a uh, uh, a robot of a person. <laughs> I I have emotions, but I do not express my emotions very well. Um, oh, I have not cried in a very long time. <laughs> I don't, this is I, also I, true. Like middle school, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I got teary eyed at a couple things for sure, but I have not like cried since middle school. I. I have a story. I remember very well seeing uh, a, a little movie called Interstellar in right, IMAX. Right, yes. Yeah. And, and someone had to get where... brought back. Mm-hmm. Someone had to bring someone back. <laughs> we had to bring someone back. And uh, McConaughey <laughs> may have started crying. And in the middle of that scene, uh, I, I just heard next to me a... <gasps> <laughs> okay. But that's, yes. that's as close as you got. But no tears came out. 
exactly. No tears. That, yeah, and I was and like, I, oh, I would shit, say, is this it? <laughs> I will, I will admit to that, but I will say it was not at the McConaughey scene. It was a hundred percent at the uh, old Murph scene. The old Murph scene is heart wrenching to me. I cannot. Oh. <laughs> that old Murph scene is the mm. scene that gets me. Um, <laughs> but yes, so that is that is close. Um, I live and die Harry Potter, but did not even come close to anywhere near how hard Andy cried when we saw the last Harry Potter. <laughs> so I do not cry. And I was just um, really upset that I was never going to find out how those like stories came to be. So oh my god! Just, Every time it was over. <laughs> <laughs> just every time they're brought up that's that's your it'll go-to. just be a mystery <laughs> so and i don't know how much raymond have you watched this creek at all have you watched? i watched the first i think three to four seasons i think maybe three okay. seasons and then i just fell off just because it was like it's a lot like especially the early seasons they're good but it's a lot of the same every episode so i was appreciating mm-hmm. it but i was like i'm gonna take a break and i just never returned yeah, so, I think that the first season, once you get past the first season, it, that's what I was going to really talk to up. was, and I would talk to that real quick before I get to the this the moment. But um, I would say yeah, the first season because Kenzie Kenzie had already watched all of it except for the sixth season, mm-hmm. and was like uh, she the six, it was before the sixth season had even come out. She's like we should start watching it together, and I was watching it with her, and it was yeah that first season I was like yeah this is pretty funny, but uh, I'm not sure I'm not I'm not really into it, right. and I think it's because the premise is that the main characters you're not supposed to like them right like because they're like rich snobs in this uh in this um town that they're not used to yeah yeah shit's creek it's like you're not supposed to like them because they're rich snobs well as the show goes on they get more like gain hearts and start to care for people and start to care about the town and that's where it like really really starts to get Mm -hmm. good when those like relationships start building and like all these great things start happening and that's when it actually is like uh, and then it's still it's still funny throughout but when it's when the like emotional stuff starts happening Mm -hmm. where it's like oh this is like a really good show and that being said (laughs) i won't say what happens but um the second to last episode of season five so the people that have seen it will know what i'm talking about i'm we were just sitting there (laughs) and kenzie was sitting in the chair i was sitting on the couch we were just watching the episode and i was like oh no this is happening I was like, Kenzie, don't look at me. And I was just full on tears running down my face crying. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, just, I was like, oh, I, I just, they're leaking out of my face. <laughs> what's happening? I, I haven't cried. And, and I don't even know what's happening to me. <laughs> so and I think um, you, tweet, you tweeted yeah. about crying or somehow you said, I'm crying at Shit's Creek right now. And I immediately FaceTimed you to yes. call you on your bullshit. <laughs> you, you, you didn't think accurate. that I had. You thought I, I lied. Like, I was like, is this bitch crying? And then I called and I was like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I sure did. So, I mean, yeah, it's it. And I will say that it's the the um, David and Patrick's relationship, I think, is the sweetest thing. And I, every time that they are on on, like, I would just watch them the entire time because mm-hmm. every time they show up, I'm like, this is just too sweet. This is too much. I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's I mean, it's I really, really like the show and I'm. I've heard that I'm now am worried to watch the last season because I've all I've heard is people cry through that entire season, mm-hmm. and now that I've cried really once, good. yeah, yeah, I'm like afraid to even start it. So <laughs> I'll keep you updated, and maybe when we do another roundup, hopefully I've watched the last season and I can talk about how many times I cried. But it is it's a great show. It's so much fun. Yeah, um, I think I made it through the first three seasons. Is what it was, and I I, I enjoyed it, and I I want to go mm-hmm. back to it. But yeah, I just was like. 
okay, if it's going to be more of this, I'm going to take a little time off, and then I just forgot. <laughs> yeah. I'm... I really enjoyed that it swept so hard at the Emmys last year. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, it being its final season, it deserved it. And I think that's what they realized was like, we better give it to it now. And like, Dan <laughs> Levy's because... great. And he's like, he was part yeah. of writing mm-hmm. the show. And like, it was like partly his idea. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I'm excited to Dan see Levy's, what Dan Levy Dan Levy's great too. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, there, it's every episode I laugh out loud at least once. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's. I think it gets it just gets better and better every yeah. every episode every season as they mm-hmm. go on. So eventually, I watch the last season and let you know how many. <laughs> I'll need a tissue box to make it through it, but I can cry. It is confirmed that I, I do have the ability to cry. I didn't think I did, but you just need a Canadian I thought I got it. I thought I I thought I'd used it all in my middle school years, but uh, apparently not. <laughs> all right, well, well, two of me in a row, so we'll spin it. Get somebody else here. Oh, I get to talk about the things again, but this is this is all of us. Yeah, we can all talk about this. Let's talk about this piece of shit. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) Wow! Honestly, okay, we're talking about uh, WW84, (laughs) which is the way that I like to talk about it. Wonder Woman 84. The more I think about it, the worse it gets. I don't know about you. Spending so much time changing his his background for the video call for a joke. (laughs) I'm interested to see what. Do you got anything for this one? No. Uh, you liar. That is the oh, I, I you are a worst liar. <laughs> that voice was the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just know what you're talking about. this movie was I when I first watched it, it was my immediate thought was like that was too long and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But then the more I thought of it, I was like, oh, this was not not a good movie. I feel like this is not a good second outing for what what I no. like really enjoyed the first movie, mm-hmm. and for this to be the second one, I was like, this is not good. So I won't. I don't, I don't want to. I don't know if we're talking spoilers or not. But I mean, you guys we could because we've all seen it. But yeah, yeah. Let's, it's been let's long do enough. Um, <laughs> do you want to go just go across and say our initial thoughts first sure. before we really just shit on it? <laughs> we. I mean, you yes. may not. You may not. So Raymond, what do you, what do you think? I. As I was sitting watching the movie, I watched it, I think, a couple... God damn it, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) What good background. Okay. Um, As as we were watching the movie, I watched it three or four days after it came out. uh, I thought it was fine. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, it was like the more I sat with it, the more I was like, I get what they were doing, and I understand why they do what they did but it was like it just kept unraveling the more i thought about it and i think Mm -hmm. i think you were right on the money on that one i I think my biggest problem with the movie ended up being i think a script level problem where it felt very much like i know it's not true (laughs) i know it's not true that like they didn't revise it i'm sure there were like dozens of revisions of the script but it feels it felt to me very much like they had a first draft and then instead of ever revising it or tightening it down, they just kept adding more to the first draft. Yeah. And that's what it felt like to me. It was like my biggest problems with the movie were all tied to like, wait, why didn't this thing get resolved? Wait, how does why is that the way this ended up? Why Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Stuff that like I felt like if you had gone through the original script and like worked on why things happen and when, it would have been a much 
better I just feel like there's just too many plot holes. Just mm-hmm. when you're dealing with something that has to do with wishes, I just feel like there's too there are just too many things that can go wrong mm-hmm. with that that doesn't work out when you have that as the premise. Andy, what about you? Yeah, so what I really, really liked about the first Wonder Woman movie is that it was simple and mm-hmm. it was very focused and it wasn't really concerned with the overarching like messiness that is the dceu mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i felt like you know patty jenkins did such an incredible job with that first movie and she was able to come back and you know negotiate and say like i just gave you the best dceu movie that you had. i mean it did crazy numbers yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah which they were I feel like they were not expecting it to yeah. be a success. They were banking on it, on people not liking it, and mm. then they were going to bury it because Justice League coming out later that year was going to be their big money maker. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> I think Wonder Woman made a whole lot more than Justice League mm. in the long run and cost way less. But, you know, I think that they they let Patty Jenkins do whatever she wanted with this movie, mm-hmm. which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. But I think that someone needed to be there to say, maybe this is not the right step for a second movie in a franchise. Or maybe this is too much for one movie. Because I I also, I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. But I really would have liked it a whole lot more if it was about an hour and a half shorter. (laughs) Well, that's that's pretty short. It is like two hours long. It is like, yeah, two hours and 15 or something like that. So you're looking to like minimum feature length level of like an hour 15 <laughs> hour? yeah but an hour yeah but i can uh, <laughs> i can think of that much to cut out of the movie is the problem right, right. there you go yeah. i would say I at least think a of half a... hour could, could be revised oh, yeah, or least, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah right out the gate and i could find that yeah and um i think you know what i keep going back to is i feel like movies that bring in so many different like villain characters Mm -hmm. and try to do that for their second movie that didn't learn from the first movie that did it best, which is Batman returns. Mm -hmm. And that movie works really well because it, yes, it brings in the penguin and uh, Catwoman and Christopher Walken's Oscar worthy performance as Max Shrek. (laughs) But, but it also, it doesn't also try to have a full narrative arc with Batman because the first movie did that. The first movie was able to do that. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be like a lesson for Diana to learn here, but this really felt like they were still trying to be like, what makes Wonder Woman Wonder Woman? (laughs) And instead they went, what if she was just Superman? (laughs) But still have like the, the mental, like emotional arc of Diana from the first movie. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think, really kind of put me off right at the beginning is I don't think a second movie should have been set in 1984. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked to see a Wonder Mo- Wonder Woman movie set in 84, but I think the second one, if the first one's set in World War One, the second one should be like World War Two or at least like the 50s or something like that. It feels like right. the 80s is such a jump forward that I'm left with the question that I've had ever since the first movie, which is, what is she doing in these like <laughs> 70? I think that brings like, up the huge like problem of like that sh- there's already movies of her in the future. Like there's movies ahead mm-hmm. of this well, time. It's like Zack Snyder and whoever was in charge of writing that Batman v Superman script is like, and, and justice league. It's like, 
they set her into World War One and like the background. I don't know how much further how far they had that advanced, but like right. they they set up that she was in World War One and that she's just now coming out of hiding now to like join Batman and Superman. But it's like he so she starts off on a bad foot from them and I think Patty Jenkins helped kind of like make that work. But yeah, this right. one it does not deal with what, sixty, seventy years worth of time? Yeah. No. And then yeah, and then uh, like Speaking of that, there are movies already of her in the future. This movie, just getting into things that I was like, why? It establishes that she can fly. Right. They fly now, but she does not fly in Justice League. She they does fly not now? fly. They fly now. So she does not fly in Batman vs. Superman. Why? Don't establish so that she can do that if it doesn't happen in the future. Right. You know? Like, <laughs> why have that? And then yeah. why even have her fly when she. Well, because Justice League time- does her a disservice. <laughs> Right, Batman and v why, Superman, and she's the best part. Why of Why have her v fly Superman. if she if we spend the time showing that she can make her jet invisible? Like, cool, she has invisible jet. Why is she also flying? Sammy, 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 Sammy. All's gonna be fixed in the Snyder cut, baby. You're right. That'll just fix it all. That'll never mind. I have no complaints. This movie's great. I know that there were like people who had an issue with the tone of the movie. And I don't think that that wasn't a problem no, for me. That I was grew, not my problem with it. I didn't right. really, yeah. I, I grew up with, the, you know, the 70s Superman. I love Christopher Reeve. That's like one of my favorite movies. And it's a perfect movie right until like the last 10 minutes where he goes full comic book and spins so fast around the earth that it reverses time. The and best then, part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, so, and, and like, I, when I started the movie, I was like, oh, this is going to, this is like the fucking Richard Donner Superman. And it's kind of also mm-hmm. like the Richard Lester Superman, I, too. It's very goofy. I really enjoyed the, like, the mall sequence yeah, at I the beginning too. of the movie. I had a lot of fun with that. I wish there was more but it like felt, that in the movie. I don't know, it felt very cheesy, what you're saying, was, but yeah. like, yeah. Which is what those Superman movies, but then it doesn't continue that. Like, if you're right. going to do that, do that through yeah. the whole thing. But there was, I guess, maybe some of the special effects to me. I don't know. There was a, something about that first scene that I was like, something just doesn't look right. I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought that was, like, a good, I think it, the tonal choices were good for the fact that, like, give me, like, a movie that knows it's a comic book. I don't need another self-serious, like, I didn't right. need another, totally. I didn't need another war Wonder Woman movie. I didn't need... A self-serious yeah. movie i would i prefer that like it knows like this is a plot as much as i love the mcu movies it's like those are plots they've taken for the mcu that are like once in a decade story that they're making the entire franchise where i think like the story in wonder woman 84 is more akin to like you could pick up any wonder woman comic and this might be a plot line that they're following and so that, i think it's a really good point because mm-hmm. like my problem was that you, and I would say, so my thing is like I feel like the first two, um, uh, two thirds of the first Wonder Woman is great, and the third one is kind of the, the worst part because she fights the god. But and you also establish also in the that. first, right? And you also establish in the first movie that she fights a god. Right. So then you come to this second movie, and she doesn't fight a god. Not saying that she should fight a god, but right. it's just you know it's like it's the first first stakes. movie, right? Exactly. And so and I would have the flip for this one where I feel like. The third act, when everything starts to go crazy, I feel like was my favorite act of this mm-hmm. movie. Well, I didn't like the first two acts of this, so it was kind of a flip flop between the first one and the second one. It just felt like mm-hmm. I think it like it was like my problems with the script. It's like it's it just feels like it's so unfocused. And it, it, you're right, Andy, that like it wants to give Diana like a full story, but then she like doesn't have anything to do. 
And she yeah. didn't it's spend like, that much time with Chris Pine to, no. like, care that much about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, even if you, like... Argue, I mean, she did see his penis. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> even if you argue that, like, because she's, like, it, a, like, an immortal, that, like, 60 or 70 years isn't that much time to her, it's still, like... She's in Earth time now. Like, stuff's happening constantly. Where has she been this whole time? And, like, right. why does she know nothing? Because, like, when they... Like, Andy makes right. a good point. Like, World War II happened. Did she help or did she do nothing? That's, that's like, the biggest problem know. setting her in the real world. <laughs> right. She was immediately have to answer for where she... What what she was doing in all the world's events since World War One. Right. How and why, she... hide, why are you in hiding? Why, does, why do you need to be in hiding? How'd she feel about Because she's in hiding home? until Batman v Superman. <laughs> Right, yeah, but why? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I think I would have really loved if they gave her, like, the tragic vampire sort of backstory where, like, she's immortal and, like, she has to keep moving when people realize that she doesn't get old or, like, everyone right, she knows, like, any, everyone she knows dies. And it's like that, right. they kind of allude to it, I think, once or twice, very briefly, but they spend uh-huh. so much more time setting up, like, she's sad about Chris Pine Right. But, like, they glance over, like, the actual real, like, heart of that story that would make that work. I think that makes right. the idea that, like, everyone around her, like, that she was ever friends with in the world died. And she, like, and she's not, she's and she's not, not dead and old. she's alone. Yeah. They don't explore it. And it's right there. And it's like you get like that, you explaining that gave me more feels than this movie. Right, did. <laughs> it's like you get a goofy scene with her at a diner for like first of all, and then like just mm-hmm. her and her job and like the job portion is only to introduce all the plot devices right so it's like and the other you could there's like, so much time in this movie you could set up very quickly in like in montage sequence even but like she she doesn't age and everyone else does that's all you need to do to like make right. those 70 80 years feel like much more impactful than she said about chris pine yeah and that, and that is the other thing that I think is insane to me is the Chris Pine thing mm-hmm. where she wishes for him to come back and the explanation is that he takes over a man's body and it doesn't right. go his like... His soul is there. His soul. It and doesn't like, go into the, the ramifications of that. No. No. One, it doesn't go into ramifications. And the second thing is like nobody else's wishes has to have that like stipulation on it. Everybody's wishes like you lose something Literal. where she loses her powers because of it. But... Nobody else has to. There's a little wall comes out of the ground, and like that isn't like a fake wall. That's literally a wall comes out of the ground. But for whatever reason, Chris Pine can't actually come back to life. It has to be in some other dude's body. I thought that was just such a weird thing. Like everybody else gets their wish granted immediately, but hers has some weird like he's not actually back rule to it, which well, doesn't affect the movie at all. Because it's taken away over time either it's like right. it should happen the second she makes the wish or like soon after not like yeah two or three i don't know later. it just was so weird to me that like make him come back because she has to renounce the wish anyway and he has to go away anyway why does it matter if he's here or not what does that change <laughs> right it's like i saw something i mean it's people people have had so much more time to think about this movie critically because it just hit the you know it hit the internet and tv on christmas so people right. have nothing but time to think about it. Yeah. And I also think that a lot of a lot of people can think about it in a different way than if they would have seen it in the theater. Because right. if you're watching it at home on HBO, you can pause it. You can mm-hmm. go take a break. You can think oh, about it. I paused and, and realized I was only halfway through and I was like, oh boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and you can you're rewind right. if you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. You can rewind. A lot of that you 
I don't think people realize, but you forgive a lot of stuff like that when you're watching right. something in the movie theater. Well, it's like that's yeah, exactly you... what I was going to bring up. Is this like there's a moment where they go to figure out the origins of the wish stone, which entirely unnecessary. You don't need that, right? But then yep. they tie it into history and go like, oh yeah, the, like it brought down all these civilizations, and it's like, yeah, this is literally Wonder Woman's cover. It's like she's learned all of the world's history. So like this is right. what she does as a job, and so like suddenly she just avoids like her knowledge of the fact that like oh yeah like the spaniards <laughs> took over the mayan call like the mayan civilization and they bring no, up it's, that, the, it's, it, the, it's the wish stone did that right yeah and they bring up the trickster god and that's where i was like oh maybe a god will show uh-huh. up but no so no. yeah andy you're right we have it good but we could have it better that's right <laughs> if the theaters would come back I if only say, we would have listened to pedro pascal okay, pedro pascal is movies doing are good so much but for they could movie. be better he went he's 100%. great he, he knows he's, <laughs> he's my favorite part movie and he's like he's full and go he's going full bore and it's great and, that like the again, mandalorian is out this is out and that fucking robert rodriguez movie is out on netflix at the same time he was on like three different streaming services he's just Man's being kidding. a daddy in each of them yeah and that's the other thing like this all climax daddy. and andy said that they did it on purpose but like this huge climax and it they don't even fight no, she like and that's tells a, everybody okay to that. renounce your wish, and uh, I just think it, it wasn't handled as well as they could have. But I like that idea. Right? Yeah, the, Patty Jenkins really wanted the first movie to end with a more of a conversation mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. than that big CGI mess of a battle, and Warner Brothers wouldn't let her. So she got to do that for the sequel. But I think it would have worked better in the first movie. Right. Right. Because so. yeah, I didn't. I did. That was the thing I liked the least was the fight with uh, with uh, uh, Remus Lupin. In the first right. movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's kind of a mess. That whole third act in that movie is kind of a mess. So, mm-hmm. oh well. Well, there you go. <laughs> God, Andy. Well, this is since we talked a lot about DC, Andy, uh, better talk some Marvel stuff too. Better talk some Marvel, bitch. This is, <laughs> I, and I won't give like anything away because you guys, neither of it you, have literally watched. dropped this morning. Dropped today. And I don't even know. Yeah. You might have to try to even try to convince me to even watch it because I'm I'm on the fence about even watching it. So that sounds so, insane. We're, to me. <laughs> yeah. we're talking WandaVision, which uh-huh. is I'm so excited the first the first Marvel Studios streaming show exclusive on Disney Plus. So it's the first TV show Kevin Feige has taken over. They are actual like Marvel Studios, the MCU shows like the daredevil shows mm-hmm. and jessica jones which was my favorite of those uh, shows i loved mm-hmm. jessica jones those shows were marvel but not really and that's kind of how the rest of the right. mcu treated them was like yeah they exist but like not really right. not it the was, same universe it was like well it's like they are <laughs> it in the, is same, the universe, same universe but oh. it's like famously the guy in charge of marvel tv did not get along with kevin feige and those in charge mm-hmm. of the marvel movies so he like they were constantly like they are only doing like the minimum tie-in that they could and then constantly doing mm-hmm. no inclusion whatsoever for anything else. Well, it really doesn't feel like the same universe. I'm trying to imagine just if like, Daredevil would have showed up in Endgame. It's not the same. Was, <laughs> it was rumored that he was supposed to show up in Civil War until they got mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And they they do mention, I think, in the first season of almost all those shows, they talk about the Battle of New York. Yeah. Oh, right. I do remember that. Right, because that's so... when they all t- turned out. It was like 2013 <clears throat> to 2015. And mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like the entire first like season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is entirely like um, Winter Soldier based. And oh, then okay. like, But then they could never include anything other than like 
like Samuel Jackson for a couple episodes and like they ref like they get Lady Sif for an episode and then mm-hmm. no crossovers after that happen ever again. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can't really are Kevin Feige is in like you have to give a lot of props to that guy. He created something insane with the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. And I mean, I think the biggest thing that you can complain about with the Marvel movies is that they definitely have a formula. Right. And you kind of know what you're going to expect. But I, that's also what a lot of people enjoy about the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Is like, you're going to see it. It's like fast food. You know you're going to get a certain amount of quality when you see those movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, like even the Yeah, oh, okay. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even the bad ones are still, like, mildly enjoyable right, to watch. Right, there's stuff to like right. about them. Yeah. Exactly. And they all, they. I think the big thing is they all feel like they're in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is a very difficult thing to do with when mm-hmm. you have 23 movies um i think that's how many mc yeah, movies yeah i believe there so are. sounds right yeah yeah um but so they're they they did it they said we're coming into tv we're gonna have all these tie-ins on marvel it's been over a year since right. our last marvel marvel movie right because Endgame mm-hmm. is the last one right everything what? else got delayed no because there's spider-man what came oh spider-man yeah, but because Black yeah. Widow got pushed back forever, right? And Eternals, right. yeah, mm-hmm. and Shang Chi. So, Sp- yeah. Spider Man yeah. Homecoming <laughs> is the last, yeah, is the last Far MCU movie home. to come out. Far and from that home, is... Andy. You Far can't. Home, maybe homecoming. maybe you don't Sorry. get to talk about Marvel things. Wow, you don't like this. <laughs> but I mean, that was almost two years ago at this point. We right? didn't get any Marvel thing in, in the year twenty twenty, right? And so uh, that's why it was so bad. Right. <laughs> and so they said, you know, here comes WandaVision. And that's kind of all they've been saying. All they were saying about it for a long time is like, get ready for WandaVision. And people were like, huh? <laughs> and that it was going to follow the Vision and Wanda, or Scarlet Witch. Which is crazy, like, because Vision dies. So then everyone's Vision like, dies. what do you mean Vision's going to be in it? Right. Exactly. And uh, after watching the first two episodes, you s- it still has not really told any answers but the thing that i really 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 like about the show is how fucking weird it is it well, is incredibly weird that you read like a comic book that did this sort of like deal there i remember i, that. I have not read it but there uh. is a comic book there there is a vision comic book from a couple years ago that is him basically and i don't believe it's with uh wanda i don't because i don't so. think in I think that's a move. That's an MCU thing that they're like a couple. I don't think they are a couple. I think the, it happens in I think the it happens Infinity in Gauntlets. It's something. Yeah, I think it has Maybe. happened at some point. But at not, some point, to but this extent. Yeah. Regardless, in any case, he's got like is, a normal family, and it's like a sitcom yeah. sort of deal. He makes like his perfect like nuclear American family, mm. basically, and it's like a sitcom thing. And basically, the whole comic is like how that doesn't work for him mm. right which i think is gotta be influencing this show because right. what so far what the premise of the show is is that every episode of this it's called wandavision and every episode is kind of set up as somebody is watching a a teleprompter and they're watching an episode of a sitcom starring wanda and vision mm. and it's very meta and the first episode is straight up like a parody like not even that much of a parody but like it's supposed to be like an homage to i love lucy Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. the um like the frame rate or not frame rate but the uh, like the dimensions are the same 
and sure. it looks like it was shot in with those like style of cameras, like a sitcom style of camera, mm-hmm. and um, it also feels like the second, and it only goes one episode. Do you want it to only take go, the video? So, <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> waiting for something to happen. <laughs> okay, good. So then, what's the second episode? I'm ha- so the second episode is more like I Dream of Genie, and so okay. each episode it's kind of going through different styles of sitcoms, and they and the format changes with every episode too. But so far, just like something really weird happens in each episode, and they just the, it it's weird, and they go, "Well, that was weird," and then they move on. And I know mm. it's going to lead to something, but I think right. the thing that I really really like about it is that. It is very weird, and it is very not the Marvel formula. It is very different from everything we've seen in the Marvel universe up until this point. And I'm a big, like, TV nerd. Like, I really mm. enjoy sitcoms. I I watch a lot of them on my free t- free time. So, like, a lot of those, like, tropes and, like, sitcom mm. things that aren't around very much, like, a lot, they use in a really interesting and meta ways. And I think the writing on the show is really cool, because a lot of the dialogue is delivered, written like it would be in a sitcom, but it's definitely very, very, like, intentional. And it's uh-huh. going to lead to something right. that I think is going to be exciting and different and a really cool way to start off this next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think the problem for me, and that might be a problem for other people too, is, like, it's starring, like, no offense to them, but, like, the not very popular characters like ones people didn't really like i mean not well, like didn't like but were lower on the list of ones that they well, like characters you know, I, that I got short shrift from like the overall story because yeah, there's too much right to and do. i mean again I think, no fault of them but like you're they're not the characters that everyone like gravitates to as much sure to but like I think that that's be your first tv well, show okay i before andy says anything else i wanda is definitely like a big part of like the next the next phase because she's yes. absolutely in multiverse of madness. So okay. along with Doctor Strange. So I'm pretty sure she has something to do with the fact that there is like a, a multiverse about to happen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of why they're perfect to be the stars of a telev- mm-hmm. of a TV show cuz then they can spend the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like a total they don't it's not a total absolute disaster like if they did a movie and it didn't play out the way they wanted Mm -hmm. it's a tv show and they can say you gotta go you know go refer to that if you want but it's not like necessary probably Mm -hmm. to the mcu as a whole well they've like created a new show thing on on disney plus right that's just like clips it's called like marvel legends and it's just like clips of those characters in Mm -hmm. all the marvel movies so you can like quick watch like their greatest hits which is oh, cool. It's, I don't think that that's not just like I think it would have been better served if they had like an explanation of each character or something and then clips. Right. But the, like I think it's just literally they take clips from like the different movies they're in and go here you go. There you go. That'll explain everything for you. I saw they're dropping like <laughs> two episodes of it for WandaVision, so I'm assuming it's like oh. Wanda and Vision every like the big moments that they're in together and stuff. Right. Just right. in case you you need a refresher on 23 movies worth of lore. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Who wouldn't? Um, and 
I don't know. I'm very excited to see where it goes from here because I've just watched the first two episodes. I guess I forgot I... that it wasn't going to just all release at once, that Disney is doing the episode by episode thing. Because so, I was like, why is everyone just saying one and two? But then I was like, oh yeah, they're mm-hmm. doing episode by episode. And I think it'll be interesting. Like, I want to see them do like an All in the Family parody and like some 80s stuff. I think right. it would be really interesting to see because I think I think there's going to be like nine or ten episodes. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep doing like every episode is another, another like, show. Another show. So, uh, yeah, I'm digging it so far. I'm very cool. All right, maybe I'll check it out, Andy. (laughs) I I will say, it. I don't think it's gonna be like the. It's not gonna reach as wide of an audience as most MCU movies do because there's gonna be a lot of people that watch five minutes of this thing and go, "Eh, "That ain't for me," and they're gonna turn it off. And Uh I really wouldn't blame them for that either because it's very like it you get 25 straight minutes of like straight i love lucy stuff right <laughs> and while i think that's an interesting homage i a lot mm-hmm. of people might not get that and i don't think it's gonna be for everyone but i'm enjoying it so what about that cg lucy ball <laughs> cg lucy ball's not there i wish she was it would it would fit in with the show it really would uh-huh <laughs> hey another one so another Raymond, one. we can all talk about this one Raymond, I didn't think you had gotten to watch this yet. Queen's Gambit? Oh, yeah. I yeah. watched it like he at the watched... beginning of December. <laughs> oh, I thought it was one that you were waiting for. And I watched with, it. Uh, no. Jessica. Oh, okay. I watched it in like <laughs> two days, I think. And I. Andy. <laughs> what? what? Just a chessboard fight, Andy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched this like um, over a month ago. And I was oh, like, okay. so. Right. I was so buzzed about it, and then no one else had watched it. <laughs> I talked about it with a couple people at work, but I had not like gotten to talk about it with you guys. Did we say that it's Queen's Gambit? Is yeah, what we're Queen's talking Gambit. about? Yeah, okay, we're right. talking about Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Folks, Ken and I watched it. I think like uh, maybe a week, two weeks after it came out, mm. we were pretty quick to watch it too, and we watched it all within a week. Um, Andy took the friggin' longest. Long rap. I was deep in some gabagool. I was <laughs> watching the end of The Sopranos. I had I had busy work to do. And I mean, like I, it was easy to sell me on chess, mm-hmm. but Kenzie has doesn't care about chess right. at all. And for her to like, this show just does a, such a good job of making you buy into chess, right? Even like if you so don't quickly, care. right? Even if you don't care, and it does a good job of like, you don't really need to even understand chess. And obviously, you you won't understand chess in a lot of times watching this because it's so much higher of a level of like most people mm-hmm. know of chess that like it doesn't even try to explain those to you because you it does such a good job of like showing that she's just playing and you by the by like the score and her reactions you know if it's going bad or if it's like going her well mom. you don't need to know the, all the moves right yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so i thought that was such a cool way to way to do it like even though i my one thing was like man i wish i could have seen more chess being played but i totally get why they didn't just show chess being played. there is i will say there was a lot of chess being played in this show compared to how you normally see chess represented on tv and movies Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I was just. I mean, like the last couple, like sure. at the end, it doesn't show as this, much of the right. moves. Right. And I did. Mm-hmm. I did read that like her big battles with because she goes up against several like really big like chess players mm-hmm. in the movie, and mm-hmm. apparently several of them when they're talking about the different kind of moves that they do, if you watch, it's all accurate. Like right. they're I totally to would, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. It it's all awesome. very yeah. So, which is also like, insane to me. Like, and I, I don't, I knew before. I, I would say like after the first episode we looked, but I was like, this isn't real. 
Like this right. didn't really happen. Like they yeah. sell it so well to make you think that this is like just yeah. a real, like a real person's story, which is just crazy that it's not at all. <laughs> it's an older book, but yeah, it's all fiction. They just yeah. placed her. It's it's fucking uh, the fictional history sort of classification where it all takes place in real world stuff and they're real people she's with, but they, mm-hmm. she is a fake character. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Historical like how much? Because I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure those like tournaments are all real, mm-hmm. and then the people that she plays at the end are real people too. Or if they aren't, they're allusions to real people. Right. I yeah. think. Okay. I think Borgoth is a real chess player, mm-hmm. and the guy that she plays at the end, who she read the biography of, yeah, is mm-hmm. also a real chess player. But, but it's I don't just think, like like Benny is a real guy. I love the the um, when someone described this as like a. Um, like a hard rock story or like a, like someone who goes through like the getting famous for being a rock star. Like it's totally Mm -hmm. like the rock star arc, but it's of a chess player. Like she is really, really good, gets super popular, does really, really well, but then like starts drinking, like start, it's addicted to drugs and like has the fall. And it's like all these things that you see in like a rock star story, but it's, yeah, yeah, but it's with chess and that's just such a cool, cool way. I've loved Anya Taylor Joy since The Witch, since she was oh, in so, The Vavitch. So good in The Witch. The Vavitch. It's funny because I, I saw her first in Split, and then yep. yeah, I forgot that I always yeah. forget that. And then I saw Split, The Witch. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, it's the same girl. I didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. She's good in that too. I think she's good in Split yeah. too. Yeah, she has less I think to do she's and good. it's more James McAvoy. But right. yeah, she does great. Yes. I mean, the Split, but, especially Split over Glass, she does a lot in Split. Yeah, and I'm glad that she's like getting a lot of praise for the queen's gambit and a lot yeah. of it, a lot of the success of the show is being attributed to how good she is in it. So mm-hmm. I hope that she, you know, sticks around for a while. I know I, she, she spends was a lot just of time just and, staring and it comes yeah, so but much. it's, but it's really, <laughs> it really it. like a Face striking visual. Emo- emoting, yeah. yeah. And it does a good job of like, you think the worst of a lot of people mm-hmm. as it's happening. And then it kind of subverts your expectations that mm-hmm. a lot of the people don't end up doing what, like the, mm-hmm. the worst thing, like that guy that she goes into the room with for him to like take pictures of her. You're like, Oh, right. that's not going to go well. And it does. It, like it does. It kind of subverts your expectations yeah. there. Or, yeah, yeah. So that, that was cool too. That you like it, those first two episodes really, est- or even like the first episode just establishes like everybody's mean and everyone does bad things, but that's not always the case. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting too. The first, the whole first episode doesn't even have her in it. It's all her when she's younger, right, child. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, which was uh, also a cool like intro into it mm-hmm. that I didn't expect it to be the whole first episode. She was just cast in George Miller is doing that Furiosa, right? Uh, she's gonna be yes. cool. Furiosa. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for to see what she does next. And I think Who? I read somewhere that Netflix was trying to figure out how they can do another season of The Queen's Gambit. I don't think, but it's based on a book, right? So I was I, don't think I didn't they know should. how many episodes there were, and when I got to the last episode, I thought there was at least one more. I was like, wait, that's it? And it's it's <laughs> good. Like it tells a full story, and it's like right. it's really good as a complete story. But I would watch an entire show, like an entire full show of this. Yeah. Yeah, but I yeah, but that's I'm kind of in the same boat too. Is like I don't know if I want another season, but I, I totally would watch another I'd season. Watch it. But Handmaid's right. Tale did the same thing. Handmaid's Tale they did the first season was the first book, and then they just kept going. And then the author was like, "Here's a second book." Oh really? Like, I mean, they could they could just keep going if they, if they wanted to. But yeah, I'm, I, is the author still alive to I don't like think so. be a part of it? 
Oh, okay. I think, I, no, I think he is. I think he was a consultant on the show. I believe oh, he was. I, I believe he was on set for <laughs> yeah. the whole show. No, he. <laughs> you're, you're, Andy. You're so far Am off the mark. Oh. He was born in 1928, and he died in 1984. Oh, and okay. he was a consultant on the show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they had they had some chess guy that was oh, an expert on the show. But he also Bobby wrote. Fisher? He also wrote the Hustler. The Color of Money and the Man Who Fell to Earth. Mm-hmm. Wow! I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't even. I'd never heard of this book, Queen's Gambit, yeah? like at all. I never. Yeah. I I, I read it's... about it being like a show they considered, like a movie, a book they considered like unfilmable because of how much chess there is and how it's hard to convey, like mm. chess being cool, and that they do it such a good route in the show that like I love chess as an idea. I've tried to learn like three times and I can't fucking store it in my head. I can't do I it. I know how to I know how to play, but the next step of knowing like right. how, like what to do, right. like thinking three steps ahead is I right. can't. I mean, I like to play it, but I just like one step at a time is all I'm able to do. The furthest like, knowing I those go moves is and... knowing how the pieces move. That's as far as I get. Yeah, I can't think strategy. Yeah. But it's kind of funny. I work with a guy who like kind of like amateur plays like a little chess here and there. And he watched the show we were talking about. It. He was like, yeah, after like a couple episodes, I started like, I got back. I like, I pulled out my chess board and I did it. And the, the moves work. <laughs> he like, he did the right. Queen's Gambit. And he was like, oh shit, I could actually do that. <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah. And I know there's like a chess website. That's like a really famous, like free to play chess online website. And they put in Beth Harmon at like different ages and you can play an AI that's, that's got like the uh, average, cool. the average like score that she would be at that age, and so people are mm-hmm. like, "Fuck yeah, I'd be eight year old Beth Harmon," and it's like, right, <laughs> "Go up to the next level, and then you can't." Do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's cool. And yeah, I mean, it obviously got like it came out at the perfect time because then everyone was buying chess sets and everyone yeah. was going and like I almost pulled out the chess set. But Kenzie's like, "I what." It's a great show, but I still don't want to play it. I was like, oh, okay, I still oh, maybe I'll play with Barb. <laughs> it made me really want to play. I just know that I can't think more than one step ahead. So I was like, what if I just like opened up my uh, Magic uh, Magic the Gathering Arena video game and I like thought about it like chess, and then I played like one really good game, and I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. and then I turned it off and I, I turned it on in a month. <laughs> it was always something I wanna... that I would do with my grandpa, and my dad. Every time I would go over to my grandpa, he taught. My he my dad and my grandpa taught me how to play chess, and every time it would Josh and I would play, my brother and I would play the whole time, and then either my dad would come and play us, or my grandpa would come and play us, and we could never beat them, and it was always like trying to beat them. So that I, I, I knew chess for a while, but I'm not good. I am not good at. It. <laughs> I really want to see the version like the Queen's Gambit, but it's Raymond playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I you know I got. I got one good game out of it where I was like, what if I thought like three steps ahead like this and I anticipated their move? <laughs> and then like then I, I did a I actually played a good game when I normally like don't do very well. And then like the next game I played, I had like a shit draw and I just got like the worst cards and so I lost in like twenty minutes. And it was just <laughs> me like very sadly slowly losing. And I was like, Yeah, this is kinda of beat the will out of me on this one <laughs> and I just like could not continue doing it. I just like how like bingeable this show is too. Yeah. Like each episode's like forty five minutes long, but you just like 
it all just flows together that you just like you want to keep going yeah, through it. Yeah, it's like the, the first one's it. a little longer, and then I think either the second or third one is like a little shorter than forty-five. And I was like, mm-hmm. I started the show at like ten o'clock at night, looking for like I wanted to start it. I knew my girlfriend had said she was interested, but she wasn't planning on watching it anytime soon. It's like fuck it, I gotta get on this now if I'm gonna watch it. And I started right. it, mm-hmm. and then it was like four in the morning when I went to bed, and I'd watch half the season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we watched the last three like all in a row to mm-hmm. finish it. And yeah, it's good. Good show. Good yeah. show. They just put out a thing on Netflix very recently. It got it got promoted to me this morning or yesterday. That was like a behind the scenes for Queen's Gambit, but it's literally like fourteen minutes. It's very much uh, like mm. it's like something HBO would air between episodes of something. It was it was interesting, but it was not. It was nothing to, like, nothing new. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Dudley shows up. I thought that was great. I was like, oh. Man, that dude he's is He's showing up in everything. Yeah, he and he's everywhere. Really he was good. Netflix especially. I thought, an- another one that I thought was going to end up being, like, an evil person. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, no, he's not. No. <laughs> I really got to learn his name because I guess good he's going to be, like, every project in Netflix going forward. <laughs> uh, Dudley Dursley. That Dudley is not it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This will be a quick one for me. My last thing to talk about is the... 2011 anime hunter hunter which is stylized as hunter x hunter Uh and it's like a that's a that's a math problem no it's a format that they use to to like write puns into their (laughs) puns and jokes into their titles but i so i watch it's a it's a very famous manga in japan and um it's a shonen style another shonen style manga and anime which is like a week-to-week style storytelling like a My Hero Academia or a Dragon Ball and Z or something. And you talked about how you watched the old show. You yes, talked about that the before, original, right? Yeah. The original mm-hmm. show came out in 1999, and it had... I can't remember how many episodes are in the first the first run of it, but there's it's like 60 or 70 episodes. And uh-huh. then they did what is called in Japan an OVA, which is basically straight-to-DVD episodes or seasons it's just like extra content but it can be Mm -hmm. like some anime have like an ova that's one special episode or a couple or like one like three or four episode story arc but for hunter hunter it's like full seasons of a show so by the time i was yeah so there were three seasons basically straight to dvd that they were just like continuing to adapt as like which in japan they do a lot after like a show was done airing week to week. If there's still popularity and demand for it, they'll just make like straight to DVD continuations with all the same people. So by the time I was done, I think it's like a hundred and something episodes and it covers like, I think four story arcs. The main one being like 60 something episodes. And then after that, they're like 10 to 12 episode arcs. And, um, I, I really liked it. And it, it, it goes, like, really goofy where, like, the it's it really starts as, like, a show. Of, and the first show, in particular, the original, starts as, like, about a kid. look A hunter is basically, like, a mercenary slash bounty hunter kind, like, kind of character in their world. And, like, mm-hmm. you have to have a special license to do that. and But essentially, like, it grants you license to travel anywhere and do anything. And, like, you can be a like a hunter which is basically just like an expert in something so people just travel the world being like this licensed expert and like this the main the main kid gone his dad is like a world-renowned hunter who like at one day mysteriously disappeared 
And so he's he like go of course yeah classic go lives on like a little <laughs> island in the middle of nowhere and he's like I'm gonna go be- become a hunter to find my dad, and then the show goes and he meets like another kid with like a, a tragic backstory and he meets like a couple other people who all have like similar goals, and then after that it basically becomes like a power anime like a DBZ where they start like gaining powers and working on like chi powers. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which happens in the original anime after like 60-something episodes, and you only have that in the continued straight-to-DVD seasons. I was like, oh, this is the fucking show that it is? <laughs> and then it continues, and the last one they did in the original run is one where they get teleported into a video game, basically, kind of. I love those episodes in anime. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a long season, too. And then it ends. And I was like, oh, that's crazy, because the manga's still going. And then I think I finished it in, like, late 2010. And then I found out they were doing a reboot straight from the beginning. Like, right over in 2011. I was like, I'm not watching all that over again. Right. But now yeah. now it's popped up everywhere on, like, Netflix. And my girlfriend now subscribes uh-huh. to Crunchyroll. And it's on Crunchyroll and, and Funimation's website. And HBO Max has it on there. And so we started watching the reboot show. And they truncated a lot of it where uh, it's the entire run from the, they only cover on Netflix the first 75 episodes, which is the entire run that I watched of the original. So they cut Jeez. out, they cut down like 30 something episodes. So it's like of, full metal, but not as or yeah. more extreme than full yeah. metal. Is. So, so this is a fun exercise for me doing what my girlfriend did with full metal alchemist brotherhood, where like she'd watch both shows and she told me to watch brotherhood with her. And then she wants us to watch the original at some point mm. but this one was a show i watched the original of and she had not never seen either so it's kind of funny for me being like oh that's like i recognize what it's doing but boy they're like four episodes ahead of where they originally were and stuff <laughs> like that um there there is an entire like the show's been done for seven years but like since 2014 but they the company that owns like that makes the show that distributes the show in America is Viz Media, which is the company that does all of the manga books in English, basically. And I guess mm-hmm. they're they're not like a Funimation where they do not give a shit about when they license something for distribution. So they put out like they only put out a Blu-ray of the final episodes that have that have been made uh, last year or maybe late twenty nineteen. And they still have not licensed any of the English dubs for the remainder of the show. And that's when I found mm. out that like Crunchyroll has all of it. And it turns out there's another 75 or 76 episodes. Wow. There's, there's the, <laughs> next story, the next story arc that I know nothing about is 60-something episodes in its own right. Which is almost, <laughs> it's almost the entire show I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i went i finished the show and i, I really like the way they up they mostly just updated and truncated filler and they updated the art style that looks better and it's mm. it's like it's the show i remember loving but even better in a lot of regards i think if you nice. if you like those kind of shows like my hero academia which is like yep. the new version of this basically or like a dbz or a naruto or something like that you'll have fun with hunter hunter and it does it's like definitely some, been on the list every yeah. time I look at, like, what anime should I watch? Hunter And, and Netflix does a great thing where Netflix, a lot like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, they separate the show by story arc. So, like, Full Metal oh, Alchemist nice. Brotherhood has, like, five seasons, but it doesn't really. They, they changed it by story arc. So, in the same way, 
Hunter Hunter on Netflix has four seasons, but it's really just considered like one entire run. Uh, oh, that okay. that's that the entire show is one run. So on like Crunchyroll that has all the episodes, it says season one, hundred forty eight episodes, <laughs> and like they don't have it categorized anymore other than that. So I had to scroll through seventy five episodes to find the one episode, like the next episode, and then I right. turned it on, and they have not. They don't have the license for the dub, and I was only watching the mm. dub. And I tried to go backwards after seventy five episodes. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I know I watched the original version in sub only and it's fine. I know what kids' voices sound like in Japanese. I they're playing it up because it's more like a kid's show, especially the original show. But like I the new Hunter Hunter goes like really dark in some places compared like it's it's more like a teen anime compared to the original being like young younger skewing. Mm-hmm. So there's like a, a kid rips out a dude's heart and like some like limbs are removed and like there's some blood it's still not very bad but like there's some more adult stuff in it that's not in the original run but like after all after 75 episodes with the dub i was not going to go back and like start another 70 something episodes with the sub when i've like yeah. already gotten that you, far. Can, you, you gotta stick with one and i, yeah. I did that with my, my hero and where uh-huh. th- third season hadn't been come out came out dubbed yet and i was like i can't i gotta right. wait and now i'm so far behind it's like whatever whichever one you pick you gotta stick with right so it's just too jarring they still have so they are 75 episodes behind of where the show finished for like they've got it all dubbed and they just have not licensed the english dubs of it huh. for streaming anywhere and i'm sure Weird. they want them because i don't know why you would not want to have the whole thing so right it's it's been out on blu-ray for almost two years and there's it's so frustrating be like i google <laughs> i can't even pirate it to my knowledge unless someone's got like straight blu-ray rips of the of the blu-rays i cannot get the english dub for the next 74 something episodes so mm. it's very frustrating but the first the four seasons that are on netflix are really good if you never see any more than that i think that's really good I've heard Sweet. that the season that's like the upcoming 60 episodes that I haven't seen are like in another entire thing that's like super crazy. And I tried reading the synopsis and I had no fucking idea what was happening. Right. So like, I go, I'm just going to have to wait. I have no idea. <laughs> it's good that at least it's a completed story arc that you weren't left on like a cliffhanger or right. anything that you, if you, if it's going to be a while, you at least have seen right. the end of the story arc. Right. That's that's seventy five episodes of one hundred forty eight out of Hunter Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, we've reached our last one. One and more. And we did it. We Andy, definitely talked long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always do it. We find a way. And it's gonna be me, and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it real short because I don't have a ton to say about this movie, which is Pixar's Soul. Mm. And you're the only one was, that's seen it. Right. Yeah, I'm the only one that watched it. Uh, it was the other movie that dropped on Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, other than Wonder Woman, and it seemed like everybody went and watched Wonder Woman and hated it. And then a, a couple days later, everyone had caught up and watched Soul and was like, this was nice. It's uh-huh. like, Soul was the movie to watch on Christmas. Uh, <laughs> so I want to watch very... Soul, but I heard it was like, I didn't want to have like another up situation. It's like, I'm not mentally prepared for like sad in your feelings animation. Yeah. I can and, cry and now. Then I, didn't I don't want Jack to Horseman, cry. So, you know. <laughs> I, I have seen people saying that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's anywhere near that sort of emotionally really? okay. like wrenching as other. So it's directed by uh, Pete Doctor and uh, Kemp Powers. It was co-directed, but Pete Doctor is the guy who did Up and oh, Inside Out fuck. and Monsters Inc. Uh-huh. And yeah, so he's like the king of the sad Pixar shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't feel like there was anything as uh, that turns me into a pile of blubbering goo like the bing bong scene from inside out or the first 15 minutes of up i didn't feel like there was anything like that i do feel like it's a very touching movie Uh and i really enjoyed it i think it's interesting to see pixar evolve in a way that like when i was little they were making movies for little kids that adults could enjoy right and this is a really emotionally mature and thematically mature movie that kids can still enjoy but it feels like i i'm now seeing why pixar appeals to so many different people Uh as an adult because it's like they started out making movies like what if toys were were what if toys had lives when you weren't looking and now it's like what is the meaning of life like now it's a movie about a guy (laughs) contemplating like why what's his reason to live is basically what this movie is about and I think it's visually stunning. I think the art styles, the different, like, types of animation that they use in the movie is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the soundtrack is incredible. Score it's done by, like, written Trent by Reznor. Trent and Atticus Ross, but it's it's been Trent. performed by, like, an orchestration. And John Baptiste does a mm-hmm. lot of the... The jazz. The piano. The jazz mm-hmm. and the piano. But, and I was like, man, I cannot see... Uh, Trent doing like a full jazz score, and it it right, is. He and just it isn't. also did make. <laughs> right, and it is, and it isn't like a full jazz score. It's definitely right. it's very Trent Reznor. Like you can tell, there are parts where you're like, oh yeah, this is very, cool. very much okay. a Trent Reznor score, and it's really really good. I that might be like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, the cast is incredible, and a lot of the movie I don't want to talk about because I think. I was worried that the trailer was like, well, this is the whole thing and it's mm. going to be an hour and a half of this shtick. And it's really not. I think the movie goes in some ways that I wasn't expecting it to. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it kept me guessing. I'm like, wait, wait, what is this movie trying to uh-huh. say? Like, what is the theme? And I really, really appreciated that. It's incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. The animation is as stunning as always, but it always is. It, Pixar is always incredible. I wouldn't be surprised if they won another Oscar for this one. I think they won the last one they won was for inside out possibly. Right. Is there one after that? that they I think Pete doctor. Yeah, I don't think so, but I, I, I would not be surprised. Oh, they won for toy story Four. Oh fuck. Okay. Which also has a character that questions the meaning of life and their existence. Yes. Yes. Um, but I liked it. I, I didn't even watch onward. But I heard that Onward was not as good as this one. This is if you're gonna watch right, one yeah, Pixar movie from this good, year, it's but this not one. the same as like mm-hmm. yeah, something like this. Yeah. So I mean, that's all I really have to say about it is that I like it a lot, and you should go watch it. But I didn't find it as like devastating as I was expecting it to be. Good. Okay. That yeah. makes me feel so, a little bit better. Yeah, it's great. Well, good. Uh, okay well we we uh sammy had some technical difficulties so he just dropped he dropped out his computer died <laughs> yeah. so but 
in perfect timing because we're right at the end. Yeah. So we've been going for a long time. So uh, if, if, if you watch anything that, yeah, yeah. If, if you have recommendations, we're still doing Fanuary. We'll continue yeah. with that next week when everybody has power and we can we can watch the same movie. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll get we'll get back going on that next week. But I'm excited uh, if to talk you have... about Eurovision. <laughs> oh yes, I love that movie. So I'm excited to see uh, what you guys think about it. Hey, Sammy. So... Oh, Sammy's back. You're just in time. <laughs> if if you have a movie that you want us to watch and we'll get around to it eventually, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can send it to our Twitter at nsaot pod. Mm-hmm. Or you can send us an email at never send any of this pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can head on over to our Facebook, also known as our free Patreon, and you can talk to us there. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're uh, excited to get back into Fanuary, but... Uh, yeah, we got some good ones coming up. Yeah. We had a good, thorough, long discussion about what we've been watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got as long as That was as only three of us. Yeah, not as, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not as mean... long as Wonder Woman 84, but it's it's we're up there with feature-like <laughs> runtime here. They still got us. There. We still got another hour if we want to make it to uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. So right, we're we're at the runtime that Wonder Woman eighty four. Yes, should have I agree. Been. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week's episode of Never Seen Any of This. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll just go ahead and say bye. Bye. He's the rootinest, tootinest cowboy in the wild, wild west.